Hang on. Hang on. Halt. To this might be a podcast, the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got with me tonight another one of those poor, poor, too kind people who just sit on the spreadsheet and and I forget and they don't remind <laughs> me because they're too polite uh, and British and too polite <laughs> and like are like I'll just have another spot of tea and uh, and I forget and they don't tell. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Uh, it's uh nick jackson we're gonna talk about the song out of jail off of john henry let's fucking do it Okay, we got the explicit logo. So you, as a Brit, if you just want to say "cunt" over and over, it'll be. <laughs> I'm fine, so glad. You know, I actually was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking I can barely get a sentence out without a fuck. The cunt is. <laughs> I've got a kind of built-in program. Yeah, but um, but the Maybe fucks and the shits flow smooth. <laughs> I had a roommate in college who had Tourette's. I I don't know if he had been diagnosed with it at the time, but I'm positive he did. Because he'd be in the bathroom, like, taking a shower. I'd hear him, like, shaving. You could hear him through the door, just, like, fucking shit, just, like, cursing. I'm like, what is he so upset about? And he comes out. I'm like, dude, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I, I heard you swearing in there. He's like, I was? I'm like, yeah, like, a lot. <laughs> It's funny. We do have the explicit logo. It's through Punk News. And even though they might be giants, it's it's kind of funny because they might be giants are a band that barely says any word that we could be even considered a swear. You know what? That I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. It's they're very but but also I some I, I don't know where I read this, but there's this whole thing of you wouldn't swear in your diary, you wouldn't swear in your journal when you're sort of writing your day. And then um, yeah. I think there's something to that. I don't know. I think I just default to swear words when I've got nothing to say. So, <laughs> I mean, I do think it's lazy with lyric writing, though. In Doppelpopolis, I have started putting curses into songs. But like, Alto Valor <laughs> has never said anything worse than goddamn or hell. Um, <laughs> because, well, I, I grew up on a lot of Modest Mouse. So, like, goddamn, like, that's one of my favorite, <laughs> like, musical curses. Oh, God, God, yeah! 
but like i think it's kind of lazy as far as like i need another syllable i'll just say fuck yeah you yeah, know, yeah, yeah whatever yeah that's <laughs> and, it it's, it's just using it in the right way and not just using it to fill space it's got its place definitely got its place i realized i forgot to take a picture of oh us. shit okay you ready i'm ready hey you know what i'm gonna hold up a picture of me and john oh yes and i'm gonna hold up my pro roe v wade shirt three two one Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> It'll be one of the more interesting screen grabs I've gotten over the years. This is We actually bought these shirts because Danny Weinkoff and Marty both took pictures of themselves wearing them as a plan, Planned Parenthood. Because they're, they're trying to take away abortion rights in the U.S. because we're, we got a bunch of fucking loudmouth idiots over here that are ruining the Supreme Court and, and voting people in that suck. Yeah. Oh. It's not unique to you guys. <laughs> and Joe, Joe Biden is not great. I mean, he has a weird track record of stuff i don't expect you to know about that <laughs> you wouldn't need to care you got your own shit to do yeah, exactly. over there you brexit motherfuckers <laughs> you dumbasses i'm like what if we seceded from north america or some bullshit where oh, we're man. like we're not part of this continent anymore and canada's like good fucking riddance yeah exactly <laughs> like go away <laughs> oh, it's so oh man it's so weird yeah, but I do. You know, this is a whole tangent. We probably should actually get to the song because there's a lot to talk about with this song. Um, <laughs> but I, I will point out one more funny thing. I was just talking to my friend Daryl Till. Hi, Daryl. Who, uh, like I said, is a fellow Brit, and he has contributed so many cool songs to the Team G fandom stuff I've used on the show so many times. And and once I got to know him, has been on a couple of great episodes and done a lot of covers custom for the show and for charity compilations and all kinds of stuff that i've done uh he doesn't swear at all as in 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 life just right yeah. right does doesn't swear and okay. well he, he said i am human he's what did he say like i've hammered my thumb before you know <laughs> so like fuck you know yeah. but outside of that like we did the statue got me high episode and like the day after he's like hey when you edit that could you try to cut out any swears and i'm like oh Man, I'm like, I wish you told me beforehand. Like, I could, I could have held back. I, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll try to edit him out. And he he told me to just today actually that I missed a few. And he's like, it's okay. He's like, I know you tried. I think just like I don't even notice them when I'm editing. I think I'm like maybe I looked and I was like reading an email while it was going through. And like as long as I could tell there's not some like big hiccup or like some of dead air or whatever, like it could just go. Like I'm I'm pretty quick efficient editor at this point. And I was I missed a couple because I don't even hear them. I'm just yeah, like you it's, don't hear them. Like I am I'm the I'm the least communicative person in the world and I'm trying to do stuff about it. Like I saw my I saw my dad today and he was like, You're doing a podcast. You're you're like the least communicative person in the I'm trying to do better with it. <laughs> so I also started doing a um a digital radio show. And the guy oh, who yeah? runs the station was basically just like, the only rule for the songs you play, no cunts. No cunt. Any other word can slip through unless it's like uh -huh. super hammered home. And I was thinking yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And then I realized I'd been listening to like Frenzel Rum, that, that, and <laughs> the words just, it, they just, this, the, the, the cunts just flow and you don't even notice. Frenzel Rum, man. Man. <laughs> oh, man. I was busting out. Speaking of old 
Speaking of classic Fat Rex stuff, like I was listening to Wizzo the other day. I hadn't listened to Wizzo in years. They're so good. Even the stuff in German, like I don't care. Like I listen to a lot of stuff in Spanish. I wouldn't say a lot, but I listen to a fair amount of stuff in Spanish these days because Cara likes a lot of that and she's a Spanish lit and whatever. She knows what they're singing. I mean, even she can't understand sometimes because just (laughs) pop singers, rock singers in English, you can't understand half the time. Depending, depending like, on the I, mix of the I record, to, but Wizzo and Terror Group when you when you used to buy the the old Fat Wreck and like Epitaph comps or whatever, uh-huh. that that would stand out because yeah. a lot of that stuff was pretty samey. But then you'd have this random song in that and Snuff would stand out because you'd either Snuff. have someone singing in German or someone uh-huh. who was like. Hello, oh, British accent, right? Yeah, then you got like, guns, <laughs> yeah. guns and wankers. Then, well, then yeah. high stand, high standard with their like poor grammar and stuff because it's their second like, language. I, uh, like high standard rules. High standards, so good. California so dreaming. Yeah, yeah, their version is so good. Okay, so anyway, now that everyone's turned the podcast off, um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, our best Midwestern uh, motto is "fuck off, it's free." <laughs> Daryl Till, I hope he is not listening to this on speakers with his children present. Oh. Um, he doesn't mind hearing swears, but he just didn't want them in his episode if he wanted to play it for family or send. It oh, to people, that makes right? sense. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally reasonable <laughs> request. I missed a couple, so I've corrupted. His daughter's probably cursing up a storm right now, and he's shaking his fist at me from across the pond. So, out of jail, oh my god, we need to know your uh, fandom story, because me and you had casually talked about the MMP Giants, like, three years ago, probably, we started. You got on the spreadsheet, and then I forgot. So, and over the years, like, I've I've played your covers a ton, so we need to know the full story. I'm 40, like, 40 and a bit. And I think it was about 1993, maybe, I got into that. Uh-huh. And then um, yeah. it was kind of, the weird thing is that my friend, I like a friend called John, in fact, was a, ma- I don't know what the opposite of an Anglophile is, um, was like obsessed just with America. He was obsessed with American <laughs> things generally. And but why? No. I, <laughs> in the nineties, we had we had some rock music shit happening here in the early nineties. I, I heard there was something going on, but and then I'm pretty sure <laughs> some called Nirvana. I think is how you pronounce it. <laughs> the, like the, the weird, embarrassing thing is, I genuinely think he might have got into They Might Be Giants or first heard about them on Clarissa Explains It All. Um, on what? Where? You know, Clarissa Explains It All. Have you heard of oh, that show? Oh, Clarissa. Yeah, Clarissa explains it. Okay. So, like, I'm going to send you a link now. It's, like, super okay. weird. Um, All right. And so he was he was into this show, and I'm pretty sure that he saw this show, and she had, like, a flood logo on the wall in her bedroom. Randomly on one show of this, like, teen show, she was like, uh-huh. and one of my favorite things is They Might Be Giants, and my favorite person is John Linnell. He's the one who doesn't wear glasses. I think you should know a few things about me. You know, my likes and dislikes. Okay, I like Twizzlers, Jawbreakers, and Sugar Bombs. John, the one without the glasses and They Might Be Giants, and driving. It's, su- it's oh super God. random. This is awesome. So some other show from the 90s where I showed someone at a record store, they were flipping through records and like slightly out of focus in the background was like 
uh, Flansburg from the like factory showroom promo photo uh, okay. where they're kind of standing like this, yeah, 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 yeah. like that yeah. in suits and his, his frames at the time are those very thick square or rectangular frames. People are like, Oh shit. Yeah. We always love that stuff. Like finding them in the wild, I guess you'd yeah. call it. Right. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, so, like, that was, that was part of it. And then he basically bought flood and he bought the first album and we were just the right age that all of it was just the, it's like, it's like I, I don't know who the guy is. I can't remember who the guy is in, in the gigantic film, but like everything was the cleverest thing in the world at that time. So the lyrics thing was just the coolest thing when you're like 11, 12 or whatever it was. And and uh-huh. me, me and John were, were basically the guys who were like hanging after school downloading guitar tab that took forever to download at the time and like trying to watch don't let start video um and it just we would like go in you'd be waiting like half an hour for it to download or like pictures downloading line by line right 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 <laughs> was, we, we were just the right age that it was just the coolest thing in the world and i know it's been mentioned on the on the show before but but over here it, it's it's really like a foot club i mean like uh, abby bash said this on her show I always got this impression that in the US they were like these big names, but honestly, like Bird Ash and Michelle got a few plays over here, but I've only ever seen They Might Be Giants in London. I don't know if they have even done full tours because it's kind of like a thing where the, the group of people who are into it around the country will congregate in London to go and see them play. And it's awesome. And Yeah. Noah Daniel from uh, Germany. I'm forgetting what town he's in right now. He's moved around a little bit for school. And Maciek in Poland, he had to go to London to see them. He had to fly from Warsaw to London to see them. They've never played Poland. So, like, I'm originally, I live in the Lake District now, so that's, like, north of England, but I'm originally from near Birmingham. So the fact that they've never, well, I've never seen them in Birmingham. And then I'm going to share this link to you again now. But basically, earlier on while I was on the train home, I just randomly went on Setlist FM to see, have they actually ever played in Birmingham? What the hell? And um, <laughs> there's a set list from, 2000, uh, from 1992 uh-huh. that's super close to where I live. And it's clearly on the Apollo 18 tour. And the set list is fucking so good. Like, if you look, yeah. have a look at that link, man. The set list is amazing. It's basically, it, it's a load of flood. It's a load of Apollo 18 and earlier stuff. But it's just so good. And I'm thinking I was like 10 years old asleep and this was going on super close to where I live. It's so good. It is so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was also going to say, um, I mean, I, I didn't want to point it out as soon as you uh, jumped on the call here. But like, I, I like to think I've consumed enough media from the UK to know, not be able to place exact accents but be able to know like you did not grow up close to where Daryl grew up or where Abby grew up because your accents are quite different. (laughs) And I, I know you all would be able to tell, like, I don't know if I sound like a Chicagoan anymore, but you would be able to tell like, there's a little, there's a tiny bit, but it's not super Chicago. (laughs) It's because the, uh, the, the Hoosier, that's what we call for some reason. Uh, people from Indiana are Hoosiers. I don't even know what that means. And I l- have lived here for 15 years. Well, I, I mean, I've looked up the history of it and it's really kind of, there's there's some theories, but they don't even really know. And so like, it's kind of worked, like it, it's put y'alls into my vocabulary, which actually has 
y'all has become a very useful term in the modern age of not assuming people's uh, gender identity, right? Yeah. You're just saying y'all. It's like saying they, basically. It's like, or to yeah. a group, you're like, y'all want to do this instead of saying like, hey, you ladies want to do this or you guys want to <laughs> do this. Like you could say y'all it covers everything. It totally, like I see people in major cities starting to say y'all or at least type y'all. It's e- it's kind of a, a, an easy get out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just like a good way to be to not assume and just like cover your bases in case there is someone who is non-binary or what have you, you know, something like that. So you don't have to say he, she, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Is that still okay to say? I don't know. I remember hearing Flansburg say that, you know, like ladies and gentlemen. I wonder if he still says that or if he, he keeps up with progressive things. I'm sure (laughs) maybe he says, you know, you find folks like saying folks is a good one too, but it's very American. You guys don't say folks, do you? Folks. Yeah, we say folks. We say a bit of folks here's a cool thing so w- that picture i held up earlier when uh-huh. the we met uh they might be giants in london we went to see them and it was at this place called the barbican and it was um it was they might be giants versus mcsweeney's so it was loads of sort of authors and stuff mm. dave eggers and zadie smith and nick hornby and different people talking and then they might be giants did like incidental music and then they played their own show at the end um, uh-huh. me and my girlfriend who I'm still with now but we're, we're still like boyfriend and girlfriend even though we're like 40 years old we met the band afterwards and um, Flansburg just completely off the cuff was like neat jacket because she had like a cool jacket and yeah. then we finished university that year and we randomly went traveling to America and then um, when we were in New York they might be giants were doing a show at Virgin Records in New York to, for the release of the Gigantic DVD and all that stuff and then we we sort of queued up at the end to get stuff signed, and and Flans was like, "I recognise that jacket." It was like three months later, but at the time, it was like the coolest thing in the world that like wow. that bit of recognition of uh, having That's met amazing. the guy before. They were really nice, man. They were cool. That's awesome. Actually, just today, I found out that John Linnell's Instagram, which has kind of just been discovered by the fans, he has an Instagram with like his amateur photography stuff, mostly. He posted a picture of him in Flans, like at 18 or something, like a high school photo. It was really cool. Um, but I noticed that his messages are open. So I sent Ooh. John Linnell an Instagram message today. I kept it very short. <laughs> I was like, hey, I don't know if Pete... For even forwards my messages at all to you guys or even tells you about them. <laughs> but I've made several pitches and I would love to have you on to talk about synths, accordions, uh, <laughs> stuff about book that none of the other podcasts ask you about because they're too detailed or nerdy, or <laughs> to talk about your favorite Flansburg song. I said, that's it. Like, well, that was my original pitch to their management three years ago when I first started talking to their management about various things. You know, and I was like, I would kill to have them on separately yeah i'd be happy to talk to either one of them or both at the same time especially but to have flans on to talk about his favorite song written by his collaborator of 40 years right and best friend i would assume i could assume right and linnell to talk about his favorite flans song right that would be be an amazing doubleheader that's got why would they not do that that's got to (laughs) happen Oh, sorry. Side note, I would love to see a horns show. Never seen it. I know. As, I know. As, as like someone who John Henry is my favorite. That might be Giants album. And as someone yeah. who loves that album, 
to see because they reject that album live so hard. I know you don't get much from it. So to see a horn show with some John Henry heavy stuff would be that would be the best. Yeah, I think the problem is, and and this is a good way to segue back into actually talking about this, at least on topic enough. John Henry, I, th- I you know, I think it's still like a sore spot to the Johns personally, which mm-hmm. you'd think they would have gotten over by now. But some things like, you know, some things that hurt like that, like if you're making, if you have a creative endeavor and you get shit on for it, it's hard to shake yeah. that off. Like it's like with Rivers Cuomo with Pinkerton. Obviously, they've started doing Pinkerton shows, but like when Pinkerton got these bad reviews and stuff, like I don't think he was hearing like what the actual fans were saying, but like reading reviews of it, being like, "What the fuck is this?" Did did John Henry get bad reviews? I don't even. I I, I'm from the era where literally (sighs) we bought when we first got into them up giants, we were buying those albums with international reply coupons. We couldn't buy that over like. The fir- I think the first record that came out that came out live for us um, was was probably John Henry, but uh-huh. we didn't buy it then. Uh, Factory Showroom was a big deal when that first came out. We got that like when it came out, but um, I th- we we kind of scattergunned the first few albums. So it was like Flood, and then it was the first record, and then it was John Henry. Um, uh-huh. In fact, I think I think I only listened to Apollo eighteen after listening to everything else other than that. So we would certainly not hear reviews or understand the feedback. Was it, was it, it kind of even been the whole full band thing. Cause Apollo 18 was full band, wasn't it? Apollo 18 was just the duo. There was some, I mean, there's some live, I mean, there's some live drums on flood that are just played yeah. so robotically. You don't even notice, <laughs> but they toured Apollo 18 with a full band. So it was yeah. JD Feinberg and Tony Mimone. And then Brian Doherty came in on drums when uh, John, Feinberg admittedly fucked up and said casually, oh, well, I can't do that tour because I'm going on tour with this person. Because he played with, like, was it Tori Amos? Lisa Lope? Like, one of those 90s, those cool 90s chicks. And yeah. uh, so he's like, oh, I can't do that that leg of the tour because I got this other tour. And they're like, oh, he's not serious about us. Yeah, yeah. And then just like, that was it. So Brian Doherty came in, another good friend of the show, both those guys. Um so John JD Feinberg toured on Apollo 18 and they were doing live instrumentation at the at the behest of the uh, the prodding of the label. <laughs> Electra Electra was like, "Well, we think you've gone as far as you can go with the duo stuff." I think yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. how the, the wiki phrases it, but like yeah. uh which is bullshit. But <laughs> we're all we're all glad that they went full band. But but it's it's again how like Pinkerton to make that comparison again how they went like Weezer went, you know, it was only four years without an album. But mm. at that point, it was like Blue Elm 94, Pinkerton 96, and we even had the rentals in between of 95. So yeah. we were getting a lot of good, like, Weezer esque content. Four years without an album, like, it seemed like an eternity. And we're like, oh my God, are they gone forever? Yeah. Like, Rivers went to Harvard, right, to get yeah. an English degree and just, like, read books. And he just, like, as a guy who I think is just really just an introvert. Rivers went to Harvard is the descendants t shirt I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's yes yeah, river yeah or uh 
you could get one with Greg Graffin too, or uh, <laughs> yeah. Dexter Holland. All these smart, uh, the smart punk rock frontmen that kind of hide their. Well, they don't hide their smartness, but I mean, well, I guess the Offspring do. They're dumb as hell. <laughs> They've always been kind of dumb. Uh, anyway, anyway, Smash is all right, but I barely listen to it anymore. So it's like Weezer, uh, like Rivers is such an introvert, and uh, like that hurt him deeply. Like he put himself out there on that record even more than with the Blue Album. He's like, I'm going to make this record where I put all my feelings out there. I mean, he flat out says it in El Scorcho. He's like, how stupid is it that I can't admit it? Uh, I got to sing about it and make a record. Oh, you know, how stupid is it? I can't admit it. And uh, so he's like, I got to put these feelings out on record. And then people are like, your record sucks. (laughs) And he's like, well, fuck, I'm worthless. Like this sucks. I'm going to go just read books for a while. And then eventually they came back and basically those, those critics ruined Weezer forever. I mean, Weezer has put out some good stuff. They just bumped him down. They knocked him down so many pegs on his, his, his fragile, just like, you know, introvert, creative side where he was like well fuck it now i'm just gonna start writing songs using a spreadsheet like he's admitted to this like on uh song exploder um so it's like when john henry came out and i think i think maybe they did the opposite instead of listening to critics they listened to fans who at that time some of them really had a hard time coming to grips with them not having a backing track or something Yeah. Right. It came out and I mean, it probably even happened on the Apollo tour, which I'm surprised that didn't, I mean, people must not have booed him to team BG fans are too polite <laughs> to boo the band that they like. Yeah, exactly. you know, some people's fan bases would do that. Be like the new stuff sucks. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't do that. But like, like, why are you touring with a drummer? Well, hopefully that's just for the tour. Right. Yeah. It's like when a, when a rap group has a drummer live on SNL yeah. and like, those aren't real drums on the record, but it looks cooler. But so Mayor, they're like, oh, well, they'll go back to Drum Machine for the record. And then they didn't. And I think people were kind of like, ah, they kind of split the fan base. Yeah. You know? And it's hard for us to think about because we got into them right when they were doing it. So it's like, this is They Might Be Giants. That is my core They Might Be Giants is the full band stuff. Right, right. So you're going backwards. It's like, oh, this is where they came from. That makes sense that they've built up to this. They're expanding their sound. And there's pros and cons to both approaches. I mean, they've done... They released that one. I think they did it for a charity drive for the non-Johns. They did that. They released that one show they did with the backing track uh, in 2015. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got that. It's good. But like the whole time, like all the banter. Yeah, all the banter, though. Because then they they did two sets. So then the band came out for the second set. But the first set, they're just like in between songs. They're always like, this is weird now. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, this backing track, it feels weird now. (laughs) We are going to be performing in a version of the format that uh, John and I performed in from 1983 till about 1991. There might be a reason why we stopped. We're going to explore that this evening. Um, So uh, we're having a lot of internal thoughts right now. When it's just two of you, that's scary. Yeah, outdoor velour. Because I, I always say that we're in our John Henry period now. There really has been four <laughs> years. I'd say we're, we're maybe more in like our long tail weekend mink car era right now, where we've gone like 60% of the band's existence, which is 10 and a half years. We went six, six and a half years with just Car and I. 
And like the flexibility of that was great. Mm. The ability to tour with no drums in the car was great. The drums were the size of an iPod. Uh, rest in peace, iPod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I wouldn't go back. Like, mm. th- like being able to pass off a little of the responsibility creatively. Like I, it's hard for me to relinquish control. Like the songs are. 90% written by me. Yeah. And Car writes the lyrics. So I guess like 90% Car and I. You know, the 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 beginning duo, right? We're the Johns of this group. Car <laughs> and I write 90% of it and then Steve will like go off of my like I'll record live drums with an idea I have and I'll say Steve, you can keep them like this or do whatever you want. Just keep like that groove or keep that basic vibe. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, cool." It's all good. Like he's not offended that I'm like I record it with the drum part because I let him replace it, or I record it with the drum machine because he replaces it. And Andy, our sax and keyboardist, he's just like genius level jazz and classical like reed player, uh, clarinet, alto sax, tenor sax. Those are his specialties. But he'll also play keyboards. He's a very good piano player and keyboard player. He likes synth stuff. He plays Glockenspiel live with us. He like contributes so much creatively where. I'll still chart out horns sometimes. I'll be like, here's the trombone part I wrote to it. And then he came over and recorded a sax part over it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I really like that part. I'm just going to go up an octave. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. And just like he, I don't even have to, I don't have to notate it. His ear is so good. I don't even have to plunk it out on the piano and tell him the notes. I just hit play and he's like, okay, there. I'll be like, oh, it's in the key E. He's like, okay, there it is. Get in the booth. And then we do it. Like, it's amazing. And the John's like, if we, if we went back, we did actually do a mid-set kind of uh, when we had to play an hour-long set, which is really long for us because we're still of the punk ethos. Yeah, yeah. And I, I go way too full bore to last for an hour. Yeah. So we did a thing where like, all right, we're going to bring it down for a minute. Old school outdoor velour. And we did four songs with just Kara and I with our old backing tracks. And they were it was because they were songs that the band hadn't learned yet. And we fucked them all up. <laughs> we, we fucked them all up. All just They all went sideways. Uh, because we were just like, holy cow, I didn't realize how weird this felt now. Like, we did a couple practices, yeah. just Car and I, with the tracks, but once we got in front of people, we were like, this feels yeah. odd now. This feels weird. You, you just haven't got the support. You haven't got the gaps all filled with sound. You're, like, totally exposed, and when you've done yes. that, and then you've had the protection, and then you're going back to it. Uh, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, I think <laughs> they heard what, like, maybe four, 30% of the fan base was saying, yeah. which was like, this doesn't seem right. And then most of them probably came around. They probably all came around to it or, or all of them, except the older crankier fans probably came around yeah. to it. But to them, like that still sticks in their brain that John Henry, like quote unquote, isn't a good album. Yeah. When we all know that it is. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so when you got onto the spreadsheet, it was fairly early on, and you picked this deep cut. Uh, it's the third to last track, right? Am I getting that right? I can't even remember what was there and what wasn't there at the time. Yeah, that's what it, I was going to ask it's you. It's super weird because having like gone back and listened to the track a bit more, I'm sort of like, this is super weird because, one, I'm definitely, if I had to pick a John, it would be Linnell for a start. I prefer the lyrically. How dare you? <laughs> I prefer the lyrically ambiguous stuff for a start, and it's super straightforward, kind of not basic, but you know what I mean. It's kind of a straightforward, like right. linear story. 
it's pretty standard in every way. It's it kind of contradicts everything else that I like. If I had to pick a favorite, they might be joint songs. It would be probably Dead. Uh huh. Maybe nice. Self Called Nowhere. Yeah, till my head falls off. Probably I've got a match. Oh, I've got a match, man. That's a that's a deep cut choice. That is so a great good. song. But I think it's like I have this whole thing with certain songs that there's little bits of the song that I love that just mean that I just fall in love with the whole song. Like there's a little guitar sure, bit, sure. a little uh, just a little bit of the guitar bit, like two minutes in or something, just hooked me. And I don't know if it's just because that song kind of comes after some slightly like weirder songs on the record or I don't know what it is. I've just always loved it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when I looked back, I was like, fuck, I have literally made a rope for my own neck here because I was like, there's, n- there's not a hell of a lot to talk about. with this song." Oh, sure. There's plenty to talk about. Speaking of which, before we get too far into the like John Henry version, we got to play the demo. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to drop that in right yeah. here. So did you get a chance to listen to that ahead of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you already have the John Henry demos? Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Okay. Oh, so good. What do you think about the John Henry demos in general and then then out of jail? They are great. Also, I'm kind of slightly annoyed that, okay, (laughs) I'm a music nerd. I'm annoyed Uh that I've got the demos on record, but I haven't got the actual album on record that that annoys me but anyway oh, on vinyl yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but um i really like the demo I, I i like the extended there's like an extended solo at the end which is great but also the backing vocals yeah. the nails backing vocals are louder in the demo i like that more i kind of wish there was more yeah. of the dual vocals on the album version but 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 overall, do you like? Uh, obviously, you bought it, so you're glad <laughs> that like they got released into the world. Yeah, I think they should be streaming. I talked about this on an episode <laughs> recently. Like, guys, just release it, release yeah. the hounds, okay? And then, <laughs> j- like enough of hiding it from the world. Like, yeah, most of your fandom at this point is not your guys's age. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the majority of your fans are younger than you, which is how most rock bands are. Yeah, you know, but like we're all people who listen to Spotify. We will buy your stuff on vinyl, but most of the time we listen. We're in the car, or we're walking around with the dog, we're jogging, or whatever else. Put the John Henry demos on streaming, so I don't have to like put them <laughs> like on my iTunes on my phone and have files actually on my phone with them like just plus it's just a pain in the ass to do that do you think they just don't want to embrace that (sighs) they want to make money which which makes sense they want to make money i think a lot of it is like they think there's this cool they came up in an era where like it was cool to be a record nerd and Mm -hmm. have things that your friends didn't have yeah 
Yeah, and, and that was kind of cool. It's like check out this collector's item I got. Like I'm proud of my that I have the John Linnell, uh Louisiana state song single that is shaped like the United States. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like my record player won't play it, yeah. so that's dumb. So I'm glad that like when they released the vinyl, which I didn't get when they re-released it, they put Louisiana in on there. I mean, I can go on YouTube and listen to Louisiana, <laughs> but my record player, the arm, doesn't like it. It's like I'm too far in, and it bounces back whatever i just like it as a piece of art but there's something that craig finn of the hold steady said something that stuck with me to this day we saw them on new year's eve in chicago like a decade ago the hold steady like when they were at the height of their powers yeah and was that a decade ago i don't know it might have been like 2006 and he said we will never put out a limited run seven inch we will never, I don't remember how we got onto this topic between songs, but he's like, all of our songs should be accessible by all of our fans. We put out albums. That's all we do. There's no B-sides. There's nothing that's going to be rare. There's no rarities compilation that we're going to milk you for another 20 bucks for. And I was like, wow. Because I had grown up in this the same way that the Johns did, despite them being, you know, 18 years older than me. Uh, I was like, oh, it's cool to have this weird thing that not everyone has. Oh, there's only, they only press 500 of these. That's so cool that I have this. And I do think it's cool to a degree, but like, okay, I have the CD for John Henry demos. It's a CD. I don't know how many they sold, but at this point, everyone who wanted to buy it on vinyl already has CD. They already have. If they love you enough and they love vinyl enough, they will still buy it on vinyl. Even if it's streaming, Put it on streaming. Yeah. My Murdered Remains, too. The Escape Team, too. I want to be able to put these songs on Spotify mixes yeah. to shuffle through when yeah. I'm walking the dog or whatever. Like, yeah. come on, guys. It doesn't make any sense. So to get to the actual... Uh, and I'll, I'll make sure that I play the end of that demo so it gets that ex- extended guitar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things I like best about the demos is the guitar being hotter in the mix. Yeah. I was just talking to, oh, there was a meme that went up on, they might be shitposting, that my friend Dan uh, Leary posted on TMBS. It was some, I don't even know what the main meme came for. I can't keep up with meme culture until way after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but it said something about how, like, oh, when we listen to John Henry, we listen to the demos or something like that. I wouldn't see, I, I, I do love the demos, but I wouldn't go that far. I'd never. I'd never listen to the demos over the album, I don't think. Right, right. And, I mean, it's a meme, so it's obviously... Oh, yeah, it says, Fuck John Henry, all my homies use John Henry demo. (laughs) (laughs) And it has some crew, I don't know if it's a rap crew or just some teenagers or something, uh, in the picture, and very poorly photoshopped intentionally, (laughs) I'm sure. And, okay, so I find it. She said, very on-brand to use worse versions of the same songs. (laughs) And I said... LOL, but seriously, you don't like louder guitars? They really stamped down Flans' guitar parts and the levels in the mix mm-hmm. by the time it got to the album proper. That's true. Maybe that may have been the beginning of the end for Flans' guitar parts being even the slightest bit punk. <laughs> and then Stefan Reed gave me the care react and then said... This is the my biggest want in their capital their music is to have louder and crunchier guitars. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be thrilling rock music. And I've talked about this with people about book. There's only really two songs on book that have what I would consider 
rock level guitars. Yeah. And that synopsis, like it starts the song mm-hmm. off or starts with the album off really strong with like awesome Marty drums and like eventually the guitar's like and that guitar so at the end I'm like, Yeah, Miller, take it, dude. Uh and then uh can't remember the dream. So it's just that like brute force, like caveman, uh, you know, wild thing, Louis Louie thing that we talked about that I talked about with Alex, it's like Alex it, in that episode. So where's the rest of the guitars? It's a weird contraindication because I, I love the Amabit Giants because I love the weird, quirky, quirky, yeah, sure. the interesting stuff. How dare you? I know, yeah. <laughs> but, but then when they drop a song that is just like, like till my head falls off or something like that, I'm just like, yeah. I love yeah, it when they just do I the know. kind of like oh my punk God. track kind of yeah and 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 I gained a new I gained I I started listening to Factory Showroom more again after doing that episode because it's an album that I played into the ground when mm-hmm. I was you know that when it first came out because yeah it was a fairly new fan and I was yeah. like oh my god the new yeah, album oh, it's so yeah, good yeah I listen to it now I'm like I really like the arrangements but like they're really long winded and it's like a little too I don't know I'm not against things that are slick. But it's like the only album of theirs that yeah. I would say is like on the border of being overproduced. Yeah, the yeah. The only one. And they've always used horns and strings like that, but that one takes it to the nth degree. But like, yeah, yeah Till My Head Falls Off should be the opener. We've we've already, like, SEXXY is fine. I don't hate it, but it should be like track eight or something. Yeah. Right? I, I always, but, but Till My Head Falls Off. Yeah, I know. Everyone has strong feelings about that one way or the other. Or it's more like people hate it or they tolerate it. <laughs> yeah, the string the string section makes it. Uh, See, I prefer the, the live sounds. I make prefer it the listening. live SEXXY. So yeah. the, the more kind of guitar heavy version, and and also like I, like I love Factory Sharing, but it was kind of there were certain songs that kind of killed it for me a bit. I, I got really sick of XDC and I got really sick of James K. Polk, and I don't know why that kind sure. of hit me like it kind of destroyed yeah. it a little bit but then i've I love, i'm just looking at it now i haven't listened to factory show in for ages but like pet name i love pet name so much and uh, bells as well i love bell uh yeah spiraling shape obviously yeah. metal detector i'll be doing metal detector is just the best with glory yeah glory <laughs> just signed up for metal detector got it snagged it and glory what's up hey i'd Metal Detector is one of many songs that I'm sort of thinking, how did I... I must have just been having some kind of mental breakdown. I think because I love John Henry so much, I was, like, focused in on John Henry. Sure. And then I was probably... Yeah. Like, I I, I love Out of Jail, but there are other tracks on John Henry that I would have probably picked. But I'm I'm not sure... I think I just love it as an, as, a, as an album as a whole. I'm not sure if I could have... Uh-huh. Maybe AK Driver... Sure. What what uh, yeah yeah well that one that <laughs> one went to Brian and Tony the rhythm section yeah. did that episode and snail shell like that one someone else had that and I I went to them and I'm like their bass player wants to do the episode <laughs> they're like give give it to him give it to him that's and, fine and end of the tour show one yeah end of the tour episode one yeah. with Dave Britton. God, God bless him for putting me in that hard times article. You saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Long time. They might be Giants fan. Greg Simpson, unsure uh, whether the new album is a kid's album. Or not. <laughs> I'm like, he put me in Boston for whatever reason. 
but like <laughs> it was it's me you know like it, it's like that facebook group tag where it's like i am in this picture and i don't like it <laughs> no i do like it though i've just i've just looked so, on them um, i've just looked on Setlist yeah to see they've only played it 23 times so we yeah so the live section i typically do you know i'll play we'll play those two two of the 23 yeah, yeah. we have the debut i found the debut uh i think on museum of idiots yes props to that site for the bootlegs go to that to find the whole show uh and then their universal buzz radio show which i got from someone i can't remember uh P- peter gritch maybe cleaned it up i can't remember um props to peter gritch for a million live bootlegs making them sound good so we'll we'll play those, but yeah, it's criminal how f- how few times I play yeah. the song because it is a legit banger. Yeah. And I've started to accept that I can use that word even <laughs> as an old, a certified old. But it is a banger. I will never say it's a bop, and I think that one's kind of gone away. Uh, I hate God. bop. I hate bop. Yeah, because it's like teeny boppers. <laughs> like a bop is a kid's song. Uh, so out of jail, it was originally titled After School Special. And Pat Dillett, their longtime producer, he was on, I mean, appearance on their podcast, Podcast 27A, from long, long ago. Uh, and while Pat Dillett did not produce this, like, he wasn't involved really with the Electra stuff, which I'm sure he was a little bitter about. Uh, apparently, they might have been working on it with him. Did he do the demos? I think he did. Ooh. Wait, let me let me check this. Did he do the demos? Let me see. John Henry demos. Do you have the CD or vinyl in front of you for the uh, John Henry demos? Yeah, I can get it. Who recorded it? Who engineered it or produced recorded it? and mixed by Pat Dillett. There you go. All right. Thank you. Yep, you got to go to the <laughs> physical object, right? He's got the vinyl right there. He's showing it. Or as some of the kids say, he's got vinyls. No. <laughs> Vinyl is a type of plastic. You don't pluralize it, okay? You can say, I bought records, I bought LPs, but you can't say, I bought vinyls. You can say, I went and bought vinyl, because that is singular and plural. Anyway, anyway, Out of Jail Demo, produced by Pat Dillett, uh, recorded, produced, I guess he probably did everything. They were going budget, you know, it's demos. He said on Podcast 27A, which I'm going to find this clip and actually cut it out, they made him sound robotic. Have yourself, il y tout when this next song, Out of Jail, was recorded, its title was After School Special. And uh, let's see, 27A came out in 2007. So in 2007, Pat Dillett said this was originally called After School Special, which, what do you make of that? Let's talk about the lyrics just so we could talk about that. So that's the whole, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Because it's, I listened to it. I listened to it again a few. I listened to it a few times yesterday because I was I was struggling with the lyrics because I was thinking they are very root one. It's like an, a little story, and then I clicked on the link and looked at this, and it made sense. After school special, it's very much a little story about you know it's it's a lovelorn it's a lovelorn dude who's 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 uh-huh. love fucks up. And goes to jail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sure. about it. <laughs> Car just texted me. Get down here. <laughs> she just texted me and she said, vinyl is a synecdote? What does that mean? What? 
Get down here. Get down here. Bring the baby. She's she's hearing me talking upstairs, probably giving the baby a bottle. It's funny. This song, it mentions she was out of Xenia, Xenia. which people are like, your daughter's name is in this song. Oh, shit. Her name is Zinnia, <laughs> but it is true that hillbillies will pronounce the flower Zinnia, Z-I-N-N-I-A. They'll say Zinnia. <laughs> hey, cutie, the baby's here. Hi, Ramona, you want to talk on the mic? This this is Nick. He's a uh, he's he's from Birmingham, so he was in. He he used to wear a newsy cap with a razor so he could <laughs> slice people. Uh, <laughs> When they got into brawls. But, okay, so tell us. Synecdoche is a part or of something that represents the whole or the reverse. It could also be a whole that represents the part. Oh. So it's like a poetic device. But I'm saying when you say vinyl, it's like when you say, like, nice threads, you're talking about their clothes. Sure. Those threads are a part of those clothes. Uh-huh. Same thing with vinyl. When you say, oh, I bought some vinyl today, you're actually saying I bought records, right? But that's right. what they're made out of. Right. So that's an example of Synecdoche. But would you say I bought vinyls today no, no exactly because it's like sheep is plural for sheep vinyl is plural for vinyl like it's ah! multiple oh. in the dogs eating the cat food this is just going all the hell uh but look at this baby she's representing england right here you see her shirt is that a stone shirt she got walking it's a stone shirt <laughs> so how do you pronounce that word again synecdoche synecdoche that's why she's a professor <laughs> of literature. And the baby, hold on, I, I, let me, I need to take a screen, screen grab with the baby. Okay, we're going to take another picture with the baby in it. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Ramona, Ramona. There we go. <laughs> okay, so she was out of Xenia. You do not pronounce my daughter's name. Okay, I have a friend who has a daughter with the same name, but pronounces it Xenia, but they're from, uh, their family's from Georgia. She grew up in the South, Georgia, Alabama, I don't know. So they <laughs> pronounce it differently. Uh, so I'm looking up Xenia. Okay, she was out of Xenia. X-E-N-I-A. It's a botany term. So Danny Wankoff will know all about it from his song Botany with the Red Pants Band. Good song. There's no review. We'll appreciate the passing of the hours To contemplate the flowers, just me and you Part of me, oh part of me It's truly amazing, you'll surely see From the tiniest sprout to the tallest tree The signs of plant biology Part of me, oh part of me the influence or effect of pollen on a structure other than the embryo as the seed or fruit. Okay, so obviously this is not the correct definition. So what <laughs> is he talking about? She was out of Xenia. It said something uh, about like Xenia was a, a town. guest or stranger. It's a feminine name of Greek origin, meaning guest or stranger. But that doesn't make sense either. Okay, <laughs> Be- before the screen door slammed. So they got home from school, right? Zine, she was out of Xenia. What the hell does that mean? Xenia, Ohio. What does that mean? Xenia, Ohio. She was out of Xenia? So she's straight out of Xenia. <laughs> this, <laughs> this episode is just... People are going to listen to this and be like, oh my God. Or they're really going to like it. I don't know. What is the purpose of Xenia? I love the drop downs that Google has now. The purpose of Xenia. Xenia is an ancient Greek religious custom which captures the essence of the guest-host relationship. 
Hey, guest host, Joel. Joel Yellowitz, check it. Um, it is a sacred religious law that may lead to severe punishment by the Greek god Zeus if not abided by. Xenia comes from the Greek word that means hospitality. Yeah. She was out of hospitality. She was done. She was out of hospitality. Okay, so she didn't have the chocolate milk that he wanted when he <laughs> got to the, her house. She was out of Xenia. A stranger could have loved that town, but she had to leave. Yeah. He should have said, but she had to leave. Yeah. <laughs> To rhyme with Xenia. <laughs> Missed opportunity, Flance. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Which meaning do you think it is? Xenia. Um, and it's capitalized like a name. I like the idea of someone being, even though I think it does just mean Xenia, Ohio. I quite like, quite like the idea of someone just being fucking out of hospitality. I'm, I'm yeah. done. Well, it talks about falling out of love or, or not really being in love. And maybe so this the woman or the girl, if he's talking about a boyhood experience, was like, yeah, you know, I could be really nice to this guy and yeah. like make him a snack, but he might take it the wrong way or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Who knows what? I'm, you know, I, I'm always hearing about my sixth graders talking about, oh, so-and-so or boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm like, okay, you're really not, but whatever, you can say <laughs> that. So this girl is like... Out of hospitality, I do kind of like that. I'm it's capitalized like, like, like as if it was her name, her name or a town. It is capitalized. Yeah, I always kind of, I always just kind of heard it as Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> um, my friend John Deans, who got me into They Might Be Giants, was a massive fan yeah. of Xena Warrior Princess, and we used to have physical <laughs> fights where I would be like, "Fucking turn this off." He just thought it was hot. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to skip through MTV, the box, and whatever the other sure. third one was at the time, where we would just sit and watch the music channels endlessly in his room. Yeah. <laughs> and he right. wanted to watch the Warrior Princess. I mean, come on. <laughs> so okay, we've given a couple different examples of Xenia, and I'd like people to call in and tell us <laughs> what you think. Or just tweet at me, I'll make a list. What do you think Xenia means in this situation? <laughs> This might be a pot on Twitter, but leave me a voicemail. I'd love to have like multiple clips of people saying it's about this. You know, just plunk them in right here. 224-801-2930. Hopefully someone will chime in. So then it gets to the chorus, which is just like, this is, how are they not playing this song live? I'm not. Like Doherty goes to the bell of the ride. Ding, ding, wish I'd gotten to know her before I fell in love. Like it makes perfect sense for your cover. I would have gone more of a Blink-182 direction. <laughs> like Tom DeLonge, wish I got to know before I fell in love. <laughs> the bit that I, l- I love is the... Yeah, the breakdown. This is a punk song. It's so where's your punk gone? Where's the punk go? Where did the punk go? I've been getting this lyric wrong my whole life. I swore I'd be true, and And I'll swear, and I'll swear. swear. He just says, I'll swear twice. I thought it was, kind of going along with our topic before, I swear I don't swear, is what I thought it was. I swore I'd be true, and I swear I don't swear. I can see how you would have got that. Yeah? Because to me, it was like, he's saying, I I swear I'll be true, but I won't say a swear. (laughs) Like, I thought it was a clever wordplay, and that, like, I swear I don't swear. This actual lyric is much less clever, and I think I will continue <laughs> to sing it my way. I will sing it my way. Thank you very much. I swear. I swear. I swear. I don't swear. And I thought it was just the kittens out of jail. 
So whatever. Yeah. And then the solo. I love this. I do a, such yeah. a fucking shit job of that solo on uh, my version. But um, it's great. I fucking love the full band. <laughs> when Out the Roller covered Masked Intruders when I get out. Have you listened? Have yeah. you heard our version? Excuse me. Okay, you have, man. You've you've really combed over my history here. I appreciate it. Uh, and you you know what I do during the solo? Do you remember? <laughs> I just go like all like Velvet Underground. Yeah. I was like. I'm just having a flashback now of uh, being yeah. physically assaulted by Officer Bradford in uh, at the Underworld in yeah. London about ten years ago. Yes, <laughs> yes. People who don't know Mass Intruder, it is a band from Madison, Wisconsin. Though they say they're from New York and they talk with fake Brooklyn accents, like the f- tough guys from the streets of New York, yeah. and they wear all different color ski masks or balaclavas, whatever you want to call them, with matching <laughs> converse. So there's Intruder Blue as the singer, and he wears dorky glasses over his ski mask. Uh, Intruder Red, Intruder Yellow, and Intruder Green. And then Officer Bradford is just like <laughs> their friend who just like stands on stage, has a cool, nice bushy mustache, mustache, and is a police officer making sure the crowd doesn't get too rowdy. And at some point during the show, he like takes his <laughs> clothes off and reveals that he has like a speedo or some weird thing on and jumps into the crowd and moshes with everybody. Yeah. They're a fantastic live band. <laughs> I hope they haven't broken up because they haven't put out any music in they, years. They've gone but really quiet. Didn't, um, didn't the girl from um, bad cop, bad cop. Um, she's like intruder pink. Huh? Um, she is. Yeah. Um, fuck, what's That's her name? amazing. Uh, oh, uh, I can't remember her name, but yeah, one of the uh, front women from um, Bad Cop, Bad Cop is Intruder Pink. That's so I don't cool. know if they're putting out new music, but they're definitely playing shows. I, I would love to hear because they've had songs with female guest vocalists or duets. And yeah, stuff. yeah, Hot Shot guitar, guitar is awesome. So good, but I, I to get back on topic, I was just saying that one of my favorite things was that they retweeted. I tweeted at them when we put out that cover. They retweeted it, and it is Outdoor Valor's highest viewed. YouTube video, oh, awesome. even though it's just a still image I found of two dogs wearing ski masks <laughs> <laughs> that the person cut out a hole for their snouts. So it's their eyes and their snouts. So that probably helps for clicks. But it's our only video that's like over a thousand views. Anyway, uh, that guitar solo, I just mashed it, just mashed the fretboard wildly without any care for the notes. And I like how it came out. So, um, yeah. cause I'm like, I'm not going to be able to pull that off. There's yeah. no way they're, they're so good at guitar. They don't oh, get the critics. Great, the man. There used to be a festival in Belgium and um, Glory's rock. And then Master oh, yeah, Intruder yeah. played there a couple of times. We went through like a phase of me and my friends would go to, uh, Belgium for this festival. And they were just always a great time. It was just like, it's just fun. It was just so fun. That was great. Yeah. So to get back on track, uh, the chorus, like the chorus alone, this whole song deserves <laughs> to be played live. Yes. 
And it gets back to their hatred of John Henry, their own album that everyone loves, and we need to tell them more loudly, apparently. Yep. They need to do a John Henry anniversary show. They could have done a 25th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So, But if we wait two years, <laughs> the 30th been, anniversary, yeah. the 30th anniversary, they need, they need to do it. And I think maybe they will do it for us because... They've set this precedent that they're going to do it. I would, I would travel for that. Yeah, oh, seriously. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like, I'd organize a holiday around that shit. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. I'm sure over the last couple of years, the flood shows were going to come to the UK, but obviously that all went to shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, anything about the, anything more about the lyrics that like to kind of go along with this after school special? Like, cause think, that kind of informs my views on the lyrics that I never thought about before till researching this episode to find out that it was called after school special. It's clearly after school special because it is so fucking root one into like, it's a basic story. That's uh-huh. kind of why it's after school special, which is why when I, w- I was listening back to it, I was sort of like, Oh man, there's so many, there's so many songs with so much, like depth or random meaning or interpretations or metaphors in, and this one is just not one of those tracks. This is a kind to yeah. me, it's a kind of a straightforward, it is an after school special. It's a straightforward song. They're allowed to have a straightforward song here or there. Don't you agree? No, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great. Uh, it's just a great song. Like even if you, even if the lyrics aren't kind of profound or unpickable, it's just a great song. <laughs> you know what? What about this? And this is just a shot in the dark. That's probably completely off base. But bringing it back to the pop punk thing, this is a topic that punk bands they go back to high school all the time. Mm-hmm. Not literally, but like <laughs> they're these thirty-year-old guys, forty-year-old yeah. guys yeah. that are still singing about being in high school. Yeah, and. They'll say like, oh, back when I was in school, they're not like, obviously not fooling anyone, (laughs) but like saying I didn't want to be a slave. It just turned out that way. Like that's some teenager, like melodramatic stuff. Like, uh, like you're, you're a slave. Really? I I could say she's to blame, say she's the man, which I take as like, well, if it has power over you, would I, I would take it like she's the man or, or in the traditional patriarchal sense. I was going to say, if if you're talking pop punk, blaming the woman, that's, (laughs) that's root one pop punk right there. Blaming the woman. Yeah. That's emo (laughs) shit right there. They were maybe listening to too much sunny day real estate. I don't know. You know, they were like, (laughs) they were like, okay, it's the girl's fault. Yeah. Right. Guys. Right. Uh, it was like a TV show. The way she stole that car. Easy now to criticize, easy now to talk. He does say, like, okay, it's easy now to criticize. Yeah. He's kind of putting some on himself a little. I know I'm, like, jumping back to, like, little one now, but I do like the long before the screen door, long before the screen door slam, she was at Xenia. I do like that lyric, as in, like, she was fucking out of town before the door even slammed. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no return from 86. There's no return from 86. Um, let's do, let's, you know, let's talk about these live versions. Obviously the song is amazing. They should play it. It's one of their more simple lyrical songs, but it's Flans being like, I can write these power pop jams and it's going to make us a lot of money in a few years. I want an album's worth. 
<laughs> here comes boss of me. Well, that's you got the spine for that. Yeah. You get, <laughs> right. So it's going to make us a lot of money with TV jingles and uh, theme songs because I can write a song like this in my sleep. This was him realizing that. And I will always say Seed the Constellation was the moment where he was like, shit, I could just write a really good pop song, have a couple weird twists in the arrangement or whatever yeah. in the production and people will like it. Yeah. You don't have to be super weird all the time, right? The live versions, we have the debut I will drop it in right here. to museum of idiots uh dot com yeah um what did you think of that debut i loved it man i really i really liked it so good for the first time usually they're like we're gonna fuck this one up yeah and you know they might and i find that incredibly endearing when they fuck up one of their own songs that was great like li- Shows literally that i i have my my last two days have been shooting down to Birmingham, shooting back. So the train down uh-huh. was when I received your email. And and luckily I had the sketchy train Wi-Fi. So I could listen to that stuff. Sure. And it was great. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, so good. So good. Uh, then we've got... Yeah, they only performed it within 94, 95. They yeah, haven't 94, performed like, it since 1995. 23 what the fuck? times? So they perf- 23 times. I mean, I think the bigger crime is that they haven't performed it since 95. Because yeah. if they had peppered it in a little bit, like yeah. to keep people like, okay, cool, they're still rocking it. That's why it's so weird, like with that album, like just dropping a few deep cuts. Like, I'd be happy if I went to the Battle of Giants and they dropped in like one or two random songs from John Henry. Yeah. Like, yeah. that would be great. Drop in Stumpbox. Right. I don't give a shit. <laughs> God, that would be amazing. Like, I want to hear during The Quiet Storm, I want to hear Your Own Worst Enemy. Yeah. Factory Storm, obviously. But like, that's, that's made for. Quiet storm. Um, so they played on the Universal Buzz radio show in 1995, and I will drop that in right here. <laughs> think about that <laughs> did you like it great man so this is in rochester i think from what i gather uh i found a link to their myspace page it is still there wow whoa my 
Well, MySpace is talking about bikini. MySpace was fucking bikini kill. Bikini kill detail. 2022 summer tour. I need to start looking at MySpace again. Um. Oh, we forgot to play the hyper card. think of the hypercar i loved it man like see you've I, heard it before I right just, i mean at least on the episode no? well i've heard the ones on the episode i hadn't heard that version and yeah literally peter Gritch. I, I listened to the live tracks and the demos on the way home yesterday and then the way back today uh-huh. i listened to the whole album on that card it's great it's great yeah, now I won't explain hypercards on this one because I've explained it before. People listening to any one of the, <laughs> I think I might have missed the hypercards on the first couple shows back in the early days of the pod. But I've I've mentioned the hypercard, but you should just go watch Peter Gritch's. He he uploaded it to YouTube and cleaned it up. Uh, so go to Peter's channel to find it. John Henry hypercard. It's easy to find. Uh, but for the sake of time, <laughs> let's move on to the cover section. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Kai Pfeiffer, did, I mean this this is like a stacked deck with the covers yeah. here. We got all my all my ringers. Like when <laughs> I need something to like knock something out of the park, right? We got Kai Pfeiffer. We got Daryl Till, aka Astro B. We got Cinnamon. No, just kidding. I don't know who that is, but we'll play them. Cinnamon. We don't have no Daniel or Carrie Hearn. So what the fuck, guys? No, I'm just kidding. And then we got yours, which. Let's just say I'm drumming on because I will have by the time this comes out. So let's listen to Kai Pfeiffer's, which is yeah. on YouTube, even though I don't know why that link came to you and became like, like two miles long. Weird code, but I don't know fun. what is going on. <laughs> yeah, but if you go to Kai, so Kai Pfeiffer, he's got a very searchable name. Go ahead and find it. Let's listen to it. Say who's the man in this cautionary tale But I'll 
Thanks for listening to my cover of Out of Jail, a song originally by one of my favorite bands of all time, They Might Be Giants. If you enjoy these cover videos and want to support my channel, please consider becoming a patron. My videos will always be free, but this is a great way to make them better for you. If you enjoy what you hear, click the like button, subscribe, and notification bell because that's the best way to get notified when a new video is released. Thanks again for watching. We'll catch you next time. He made a lovely video for it too. Did you see the YouTube description? Oh, I didn't see the description. Look at the YouTube description. I want you to read it. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Greg Simpson. I didn't look at the camera, but I played all the instruments myself. And I know you fucking hate that. I dropped the fucking in. That wasn't it. Um, sorry, I'm not punk, but I enjoy your dumb podcast anyway. Criminally underrated album, John Henry. Yes. Lots of steamy hot sacks all over this one. <laughs> and and patreon.com slash Kai Pfeiffer. <laughs> yep, KaiPfeiffer.com. You should all go to those and get on his Patreon. He does a lot of cool covers and originals <laughs> and stuff. So he, I, I copied that and pasted it into Facebook Messenger. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, what is this about? I don't even remember. And he so <laughs> I okay, let me see. Where is it? Because his response was hilarious. Uh, okay, so I, I I said I just copied and pasted it right in there. He said, "Oh shit, that was before I knew you." <laughs> yeah, and I said I was wondering when you did when you wrote that info. I thought maybe it was edited to say that later after he knew me. And like, cause he'll he'll like give me shit and stuff, cause you were friendly enough. He said early on you ranted about dudes who look at the camera and record like a lot. LOL. And I think in his birdhouse cover, some other videos he's made, he stares right into the camera. Uh, and I said, yeah. And I said, Linnell does it so much, I've come around on it. <laughs> and I said, maybe it's because I felt myself falling for you, getting lost <laughs> in your eyes. <laughs> I said, well, naturally. I said, you're quite a hunk. <laughs> Marty made quite a catch. And then I asked him about how much he exercises a week because he's buff as hell. <laughs> so, Kai, good job. I mean, you like all those saxes, yeah? Yeah. The um, the brass the brass lifts that shit up. That's the thing that stood out yeah. like a mile high when I was listening to it. Yeah. It's great. It, yeah, it's fucking great. So now let's go back in time to 2008 when Astral B on YouTube, a.k.a. Daryl Till, also he puts a lot on SoundCloud, not sure if he has a band camp, but SoundCloud and YouTube are the places to find Daryl. In 2008 was when he clearly started his YouTube channel because he <laughs> uploaded like 30,000 They Might Be Giants covers as well as some other band's covers just pounding away, just his hands only. Who is this mysterious guy? Oh, it's Daryl Till. So here's him playing it on piano.
What do you think of that? See, as someone who kind of their whole music love is pretty much punk bands, but also has these little side things that they get obsessed with. One of which is they might be giants. Another of them is Ben Falls Five. Yep. Anything yeah. where someone is just smashing the piano like that, I fucking love it. I'm so I just admire it so yeah. much because yeah. that's actual fucking ability not just thrashing on a guitar which is my le- level of ability it's awesome right. man it's power so, chords so, yeah so good astral b great he's amazing. fucking awesome he's amazing and his production has come a long way since then obviously like he was just recording those on a phone <laughs> there was once or twice he actually i told him i'm gonna play this on my episode and he's like no 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 no. let me re-record it and he would just like do a, a quicker <laughs> piano version with his electric piano, I'm like, I love your upright. I love the 2008 quality. It just takes me great. back to that early YouTube great. era. So yeah, en- so yeah. Daryl's great. Skill, man. Go, yeah. Everyone, go listen and donate if you want to buy a download of this. Might book a podcast. He covered Brontosaurus. I broke my own rule. And Helicopters of Elves, the first track off the pamphlet EP. Mm-hmm. Another thing that should be on streaming, maybe <laughs> next November. You know, they put it on streaming after it's a year old. Um, so, um, moving on. Oh, yeah. Also, Ben Folds. I don't know if it was clear just from listening to it, but the Lord Snowden cover, like Purple Pansies is me and Avery and Keating. I don't know if it came through that we were going for a Ben Folds 5 thing there because... It's me on drums and fuzzy bass awesome. and Averin on all the keys. And then we both sing. Awesome. You just need to say fuzzy bass and I'm there. <laughs> fuzzy bass. Yeah. I remember when I bought Cara, her big, big muff bass pedal. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I'm buying my wife pedals. That's, you know, the dream. <laughs> um, so now let's listen to this band called Cinnamon. I think that's how you pronounce Cinnamon. it. Cause it's, all capitals, all caps. S N M M N M. I think it's mainly just supposed to look cool, but it's got to be a joke. But they're a real band playing live on stage, covering "Out of Jail" in 2012. Let's check it out. This was uploaded by Rebecca Canova. I cannot tell. Is there a Rebecca in the band? It looks like all dudes. Mm-hmm. And there's a tuba up there. It's like, this is <laughs> crazy. 
I can't tell. Like, or Rebecca's a friend of theirs, or I don't know. But Rebecca uploaded this. What else has Rebecca, Rebecca uploaded? Canova. She's uploaded. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of time to look at all this stuff. But there's cake. <laughs> there's a lot uh, of cinnamon cover, and then cover then. cake. Fountains of Wayne. This is definitely you know they. Paul Simon, you can call me Ale with horns. This is a cool band. I need to check out. They're a real band. They do a lot of stuff now, or they did do a lot of stuff. Nine years the ago. The newest thing is nine <laughs> years ago, right? But so what did you think of this cover? It sounds muddy, but it's cool. No, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if the Johns aren't going to play this song live, someone's got to do it. Seriously, guys, <laughs> come on. Now, let's listen to your cover. She was out of sea Stranger could have loved her too But she had to be So I'm going to say it's your cover. You put it out there. How many years ago did you put it? Uh, oh. And tell, tell people your band camp. What's the address? This band camp is, I don't even know how it's pronounced because it's not actually a band, but it's K-X-F-X-H-X-C. Because it's your town. Yes, that's what it was. With straight edge X's. Yeah. Right? So basically. K- Kingswind Ford. So the yes. K-F for Kingswind Ford Hardcore. It so was- it's K. Kingswinford Hardcore KXFXHXC for people who don't listen yeah. to hardcore and real and that kind of lingo. So I these mean, must be covers, 10 inch. So it was, I call this shit like 10 inches and 7 inches. This was basically lockdown happened and I needed something. You didn't to press do. it. I didn't press it. You didn't press it to vinyl. I didn't. Really. Oh, <laughs> come on, dude. But you know what? I, was, I love the Drinky Crow artwork as well. I've got that Drinky Crow artwork right here. Yeah. 
Did you draw that artwork? Did you do that? Yeah. So basically, it was just so something cool. to do during lockdown. So I need to do more. I, I I love doing that stuff. And then now we can actually do stuff. I've got really distracted from doing music. But um, yeah, check it out. So I'd, I'd, there's a few random, there's like a, a Billy Bragg covers thing and a Bruce Springsteen covers thing and me trying to play the Miley to Descendants songs. It's It's all on there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's great. There's a ton of fun stuff on here. So th- these must be covers 10 inches. New York City, a cover of a cover. Gotta love it. Which you note, you do know that. You already <laughs> mentioned it on the episode. They'll Need a Crane, which I played on that. Uh, the covers special, because we didn't play it at the live episode. We don't do covers special, cover sections, but it got played on that not too long ago. Till My Head Falls Off. I'm positive we played it on that episode i should write these things down <laughs> out of jail is not getting played birdhouse i think i played on that cover special which again was from a live one so after the fact dead i'm not sure i did the episode so early on i may not have been as good because Bandcamp search feature can be a little weird that is probably my favorite my personal favorite of those is dead i think i really enjoyed and then you also that. put out these must be leftovers question mark seven inch oh, which shit, has a picture yeah. of your tattoo <laughs> yeah. And it has Dr. Worm and Meet James Ensor. Yeah. So people should go listen to these. <laughs> You've got them at Name Your Price. So uh, Out of Jail, what do you have to say about your your cover that I have replaced the drum machine, which the drum machine was was well done, uh, realistic sounding, but I put real drums on it. That's but sweet. What do you want to tell the folks I, about your cover or your process? You know what? Looking back now, I kind of – I want to do another one. I'm going to do another one because at that – at that time, yeah, like I, like I played in bands, but this was my first real attempt at doing something by myself in my house. So, listening back, I listened back yesterday, and I was sort of like, "There's loads of stuff I do differently with the drums and and stuff." And as I've posted on there, the vocals are way like I've I've got quite a high singing voice, and the Johns sing quite low. Yeah. So it was kind of hard, but... Uh, you think? Yeah. I mean, they're both tenors. They're not like baritones or something. <laughs> you know? I, well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm you've super got, you've screechy. Got, you've got an awesomely... Well, you've got an Animus package type voice. So I got a soft spot oh, for that, that kind of thing, that is right? A, that is a compliment because I fucking love that band. Yeah, so thanks for letting me drum on your cover. Yeah. I mean, I love any chance I get to do the skate punk thing. is just a blast. And next we've got a cover by our friend Adam Rivera, who has been on the show a couple of times. And we've had his songs played on the show a lot. Uh, A recent one is he did a custom cover for us for the um, I Can't Remember the Dream. And then on the This Might Book a podcast, the 31 covers of all the book and pamphlet songs, uh, Kai Pfeiffer and I jumped on that. I played drums, Kai did some bass and keyboards, uh, so that's a cool thing to go check out at this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. But now from tmbs.bandcamp.com, that's this might be ship posting uh, Bandcamp. They released a John Henry 25th anniversary tribute that was in 2019, it was the 25th anniversary of John Henry. And Adam Rivera did a cover of Out of Jail. And if you click on the song, he says, I'm sorry that my versions of Subliminal and Sleeping in the Flowers sound so shitty. I put a lot more effort into Out of Jail, so I hope that makes up for the two hastily cooked up covers. Adam Rivera, James K. Folk. 
So let's listen to it. Uh, this is free as well. Uh, we're just going to play a clip. But if you want to go download it, it's tmbs.bandcamp.com. And then you can find the John Henry thing. It looks like the Sgt. Pepper art, but with the John Henry girl for every face. So anyway, here's Adam with Out of Jail. Long before the screen door slammed, she was out of Tina. Stranger could have loved that town, but she had to leave. Wish I'd gotten to know her before I fell in love. I could say who's to blame, say who's the man of this cautionary tale. But I swore I'd be true and I swear, I swear, getting out of jail. It was like a TV show, the way she stole that car. Nice job, Adam. That is a really good cover. I think your subliminal and sleeping and the flowers are not shitty, but yeah, this is definitely your uh, your epic track for this covers collection. Hey, Zinnia, what did you think of that song? Hola. Hola. <laughs> Was the song good? Yeah. Can you say muy bueno? That means very good in Spanish. Can you say muy bueno? Dela. Oh my goodness, she's in a silly mood. Uh, yeah, we're in Madrid, if you couldn't tell. So now back to the uh, previously recorded episode. Uh, edited together by... Stop talking! Stop! <laughs> Be quiet. Edited together by Averin Keating of the Waves Breaking Podcast, right? Hi, Averin. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I'm going to send you this. In a minute, which I don't know why I'm saying this. Okay, bye. But now uh, you need to score this song. Okay. See, oh, yep. so in the, Now's the time. In, in the real world of songs, I would, I would, I'd give it a nine. In Dave Moby Giant's world, it's, it's a seven or an eight for me. There's a lot that I... Okay. I mean, you know... I've, so, so you'd rate it higher if you were putting it against... Everything yeah. ever, yeah, because yeah. I fucking <laughs> that's interesting, yeah, that's interesting. I, I would think most people would go lower, be I, like, okay, well, I'm rating it, yeah, because I fucking love know, the band, let it and, be, or whatever. Uh, oh, man, I, I, I rate, I rate them so high, but sure. then, I mean, we among, love them, but amongst, that makes sense amongst themselves. There's a lot that I would rate above it. Competing against themselves, yeah. sure. You know that 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 outlook makes sense. We've, makes we've sense. talked about I've got a match. We've talked about till my head falls off. We've got self called uh-huh. nowhere. We've got you know got dead. They would all come higher for me. So yeah, I think sure. TMBG world. I'm giving it a seven. Okay, all right. Uh, this one just in listening to this, and I like an underdog. I'm scoring it higher, oh. I think, because I want to push this into the set list. So everyone <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. who is hearing this. Let's all tweet at the <laughs> Giants all at the same time. When this comes out, whatever the date is, I'm not sure. I think Averin is editing this episode. Thank you, Averin. I'm in Spain right now. <laughs> uh, everyone tweet at the Memphis Giants, post on their Tumblr, comment on their Facebook stuff, and be like, hey, play Out of Jail Yes. when you're coming. Like, If not this coming leg, play it in the fall. Yes. Like, sneak it in yes, there. Yes, yes. 
do it. Out of jail deserves to come back. <laughs> Justice for out of jail. I'm giving this an eight. I'm giving this a fucking yeah. eight. This song is so good. Yeah, and th- John Henry is so loaded and it is backloaded. Yeah. Like the first stuff that got claimed by Dave Britton, like he picked End of the Tour and Stompbox, mm-hmm. this last and second to last song. This one's the third to last song. Like, how do you stack an <laughs> yeah. album like that at the end, like an album ending that strong? So good. It's crazy. <laughs> like, this album is fantastic. And those Johns need to realize that we love it. <laughs> and those dinosaurs that hate it, Dinosaurs Must Die, another NoFX <laughs> reference. Dinosaurs Must Die. You like that? I'm giving you all the punk references, just like I was <laughs> Simpsons references with Ben Bird. Uh, <laughs> I, I can I can roll with the best of them in so many different you know fandoms. So I'm giving it an eight. I don't think I can go higher than that, but it deserves to have that eight, not a seven point something. Yeah, this is an eight because it is so good. Everybody, tweet at TMBG. Tell them they need to play it. So uh, Nick, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank Everyone you. should go to the Bandcamp, uh, which again is. K X so K X F X H X C dot no FX dot no dot dot com dot X youth of today X um which dot X gorilla biscuits X I think I think. Do you, do you have any other places you want people to find you? Music, um, Instagram, tell you what, I'm Twitter. Doing, I'm doing. A, a, I'm doing like a punk show, a punk um, radio show. So on Twitter or oh, yeah, yeah. Twitter or Facebook, if you go to the Rip, the Rip Radio, uh, the Rip is named after a song by Wilhelm Scream, who I love. So yeah, the, uh-huh. the Rip Radio, Twitter, Facebook, Mixcloud. Yeah, that's about me. I need to do more actual music. So it's at Rip Radio. Um. Just the Rip Radio, and it's Twitter. The Rip Radio. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay, man. People can find this. Might be a podcast at the dot com, at the Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Yeah. Seriously, though, tell Flans they need to play this one. It's a great song. He needs to know it. Uh, John Henry's a great album, and they need to know it. And we can, over the next two years, convince them that they should do a 30th anniversary tour of John Henry for the love of God. So. Uh yeah, leave me voicemails. I already mentioned it two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. If you'd like to do an acapella cover of the hypercard version, that would be cool. That'd be oh, sick. That, drop that'd it be in awesome. here. Uh, <laughs> right, I'll drop so it good. in the next episode. So with that, Nick, uh, enjoy your sleepy time. It's what time out there? It's, oh, it's not that late. It's only like half eight. Yeah, half eight. So British. <laughs> it is eight thirty. To everyone who didn't understand what he just said, uh, just. <laughs> So it's four of two. So I think we'll <laughs> sign off there. And uh, Nick, thanks so much. That was awesome. Nice one, man.